Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The Wine Club. And today we get to speak to Paul Luke Ronchetti. Now I asked Paul Luke for an intro and I'm going to change his slightly because he just said skateboarder. But Paul Luke is one of the best vert skateboarders coming out of the UK. Uh, he says, skateboarder, music fanatic, originally from the UK and now residing in San Diego, California and managing to skate Tony Hawk's ramp daily. So sit back, relax and enjoy the next 30 minutes of skateboarding talk with Paul Luke Ronchetti. Enjoy. Who are you guys working for? Who is this? It's uh, Skate Wine. Oh, beautiful. Did you say Skate Wine? Yes, yeah. sir. Hello. Uh, welcome to my first ever podcast. And thanks to our first guest, Paul Luke. Hello, Paul Luke. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, stoked to be the first number one test bunny. <laughs> yeah, thanks ever so much. Thanks for your patience. Uh, OBS is an absolute killer with, um, with its audio. The, the blooming video, simple as but the audio uh, has taken me a couple of days to finesse. And even with you on now, we've had a couple of technical issues. So thanks ever so much for waiting. Um, I'm gonna go straight into it. I remember you from the Vert series. I think I met you once at Mount Hawk, um, just when I started skating Vert. Um, and this was, ah, oh, it must've been when you were about 12 or 13, because I think I, I'd started skating Vert around 18, 19. Um, and I remember mm -hmm. uh, one of the first conversations at the time uh, was, I absolutely loved Ali Cairns. He was like one of my like, what, is it prodig not prodigies, but like I idolized him. Um, and he was your team uh, manager at the time, wasn't he? Um, I think he might have been actually for, for Billabong. Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember, like, I didn't really know too much of what was going on because I was getting stuff from Billabong for a little bit. Um, uh, okay. I think he was a team manager but maybe a tiny bit. And then it ended up being another person uh, from Europe. I think his name was David Pitchy. Ah, uh, um, yeah. But I do remember having a few sessions with Ali Khans and he did actually have us on over to his ramp one time, me, Beckett. Uh, I don't know if you remember Josh Parr. Yes, yep. Uh, yep, him, a few other people. Uh, there was this like Red Bull, uh, Red Bull golden ticket thing that they had. Uh, yep. So we would go to like a few little sessions and then kind of win these prizes and get a session on Ali Kanz's ramp. It was like way out in the sticks. So I remember that <laughs> that's a that, long time ago. That's so funny because that's uh, that was my first kind of like introduction to vert skateboarding was the vert, the Red Bull vert ramp in Woolacombe Gold Coast uh, for the uh, Gold Coast Ocean Fest. And that's when I first met Ali Kanz okay. and Dave Allen, Pete King. Uh, and kind of all people that I look up to and still look up to today. So did, did, were you ever part of the Red Bull yeah. uh, demonstrations at all? I did one, yeah, I did one in Birmingham, actually. Uh, I think Ali was there, who else, like Zach Shaw, Sean Goff, Jim the Skin, like, yeah, there's definitely a few people there. Uh, but that was rare, just like to be a part of that demo in like downtown Birmingham is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, so where where did you like grow up and how did you get into like specifically vert skateboarding? Yeah, that's interesting because where I grew up at the time, there wasn't really any vert happenings going on. There was a small ramp in Norwich. That's where I grew up about 10 minutes away from Norwich. So there was a skate park called Urban Flight and it was the dirtiest, dustiest skate park ever. Like my parents kind of dreaded going there because they're like, oh, we're going to sit in this dark hole. Got to go walk across the street to get a coffee or something. So, yeah, it was just like probably asbestos in there and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had uh, 
a nine and a half, I think, 10 foot vert ramp there. And I did learn how to drop that one in. So, so scared, but that was like the first ramp I ever learned how to drop in. But then that skate park very quickly got like destroyed and closed down. I don't know, it was like insurance issues or something like that. Um, but those are my earliest like vert memories. I was probably like nine or 10. And then after that, it was just like kind of messing around in the streets and sort of like goofing off a little bit. And then uh, we'd heard about Epic Skate Park in Birmingham. It was called Epic at the time. So my mom, and me and my couple of my best friends and my brother took a little trip there one day, one Sunday, and I just saw the ramp in the corner as soon as I got there. It's the first thing I saw and it just like grabbed my attention and I could see people, you know, doing lip tricks and airs. It was probably Sean Goff and Jim Skin and all those guys. And I was like, I want to go straight over there. I'm doing it. Let's go. Like, that's what I want to do. So that was like my initial, yeah, the first thing I saw. It was crazy. Amazing. And uh, yeah, Sean Goff. It's weird because like Sean Goff was at the, I think at the same competition that I'd met you. And I remember just being like, whoa, that's Sean Goff. And it's so weird, even at, even at my level of skateboarding to have started doing events and stuff with Sean. And he's an absolute, he's like right. the father, the father of, of uh, skateboarding. Uh, it's interesting yeah, yeah, to yeah. say Norfolk because uh, I spent like four years of my life. I don't know if you know the place called, a little place called Castle Acre, um, which isn't too far from Norwich. I think it's about a two hour drive near, near Swatham. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, okay. I spent I spent right. some of my life like out that way. Uh, so so another vert skateboarder, another amazing vert skateboarder from that area is Sam Beckett. So did you used to skate a lot with Sam Beckett as well then? Yeah, we went to the same uh, primary school actually. Um, <laughs> we grew, basically grew up together. So that's another funny story. I had this like we had this show and tell sort of assembly thing, and I'd made like a, a sponsor me tape type of thing at that Norwich skate park. It was just me, you know, messing around, doing little jump box things, mini ramp stuff. And in the video, I claimed that I skated vert, even though I'd had no, like, vert experience at all. So I skate vert. That's what I do. And uh, I showed that in the assembly one day. And then Sam Beckett comes up to me. He's like, oh, I had no idea you skated. Like, I used to skate. Like, we should, you know, go and skate sometime. And he was a year <laughs> older than me at the time. That felt like he's the, the big kid, you know, and he's hanging out with his older friends and I felt kind of intimidated but I was like at the same time stoked that he kind of you know come up to me because I didn't really have a lot of friends that skated at the time so he's like yeah let's go and skate and then it was you know history after that we just skate together all the time every weekend different skate park and you know luckily with the support of my parents and his parents driving us around uh, got us nice. to these places and yeah so it was yeah basically since primary school so what, what was your like <laughs> was local fun. what was your like local uh for you and Sam at the time then? Which which place would that be? The, the place in Norwich? Nothing. No, Nothing. no local vert there. Because by that time, Norwich had closed. Uh, uh, okay. I so you were driving got to... Got that video out. So we were driving to uh, basically Birmingham, Epic, uh, PlayStation at the time, basically six. I don't know what it's called now. But uh, that ramp under the bridge, uh, yeah, yeah. Peterborough. I don't know if you remember the Peterborough skate park. No. But they had... They had a small vert ramp too, um, but yeah, it was just basically anywhere between two to three hours plus, you know, to get to a ramp. So it was once a week, maybe, maybe once every two weeks. Um, but we go to the skate park in Great Yarmouth quite often too, oh, okay. but they had no vert ramp. Like that was our, you know, weekly, weekly session, just fun, skating streets, skating mini ramps, all that stuff. So. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing with the UK vert is like, like for me, I, li I lived in Biddyford. And so the closest vert to me was Mount Hawk. So I only got to skate it very rarely. And so that was like a right. part of why I never managed to get into it at such an early age, because um, I started skateboarding vert with uh, Mike Day when I was around 19. He was giving me lifts and then I could drive as well. So that was kind of, and I still didn't, I still wasn't going every weekend, but like it was a lot more. And then we we're doing the vert series and stuff. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's right. an interesting, it's interesting that like, People think that, oh, the vert skaters must live right next door to the, the vert, but usually you have to travel to get to one. Yeah, it's like most of the time, vert skaters you know, travel to the ends of the country to get to a ramp and, you know, you get to the, the session and you're like, oh, it's going to have to be a good day today, otherwise it's a waste of time, you know, like the drive home is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be rough. But, do, you get, uh, do you get the yeah, jelly legs? I think that's what makes everyone... What's that? Do you get the jelly legs? I always remember getting to Mount Hawk and for like the first half an hour, it would just be like the worst feeling oh, yeah. of like just horrible legs. Yeah. Was that the original Mount Hawk too? The Masonite? The, the old one? Uh, no. With, I, uh... I... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the smaller one. It was like 10 foot. Yeah, they had a little smaller bit into the, the top part. Uh, yeah. That was actually Simon Tabron's ramp. Yes. So that was his ramp that he kind of like donated to the park though. Okay. That was a, a fun, fun little ring to learn on. Do you get sure. to skate? Do you get to skate with Simon a lot out in in California? I was going to say Mount Hawk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny because I met Simon when I was like ten or eleven at Mount Hawk, which is crazy. But we moved here around the same time. I think maybe he moved here a year before I did. But we would ride together all the time. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite people to skate with because he just has such a unique uh, approach to not only just like skateboarding, but kind of in general, you know, life. And he was sort of like a mentor to me and a few other people actually. Uh, so it kind of sucks that he's not here anymore. He moved to Florida. Okay. So him and his family are living in Florida now. So he's, he's doing well. Uh, obviously since he had the, the stroke and heart issues, he's doing a lot better and he's recovering. And I think it's like, it's a really good place for him to be right now. Yeah. So he's just kind of chilling and taking oh. it easy. Uh, I love that about yeah, we would skate. Yeah, I love that about skateboarding. Uh, well, extreme sports in general is like this, like crossover. Because he's not a skateboarder; he's a BMXer, mm. uh, and and the Mount Hawk yeah. all have high respect for for Simon as well. So that's I'm not surprised to hear that from me. I, I never actually. I think I managed. I saw him on the Mount Hawk vert ramp a couple of times, but never actually spoke to him. So uh -huh. it's like I always hear things about Simon through other people. Yeah, he would hang out with like probably more skateboarders than BMXers. So he, you got to be a part of you know the whole contest and demo circuit and sort of really get an insight into how skateboards work. So he would be able to watch I don't know someone like Bucky do a twist and be like, oh, you know, this is what he does. You try it like this, uh, and that's pretty much how he, you know, teach me. He taught me how to do a five, so it's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, oh, just like so from what good. he. In his perspective, it was like, wow, this, is, this makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, it's crazy. Amazing, amazing. And, and uh, how old were you when you moved out to, to America? So, I was about 15, almost 16. So, yeah, next year I'm going to be, or this year I'm going to be 30. So, it's like, yeah, 15 and 15 years. Like, it's crazy. Like, the same amount of time living in the UK as living here. So, yeah, that was the end of 2008, beginning of 2009. So it's been a while now. Wow. Yeah. And what was what made the, the big change? Was it a, a skateboard career choice or was it just unrelated to that? So it was basically my dad's uh, job. 
so he'd been gunning for this uh, Legoland California position for quite a while. This is like a couple of years, even leading up to it, um, just going through an interview process and everything like that. So he was the general manager at Thought Park. I don't know if you remember Thought Park. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there a few times. Which is part of like uh, Chessington World of Adventures, Alton Towers, that whole the whole group. Uh, so he was working for Maryland Entertainment at the time and uh, this opportunity came up and he was just like let's go for it like you guys want to move to california well like, yeah <laughs> of course like i was i had no question about it my brother he was kind of just glo- you know go with the flow whatever and we kind of just went for it and he got the job after all the hard work and interviews and we just went out here i didn't even finish my gcse's i think i took the the mock exams and i like could stay here or we could just all move out together it'd be a bit easier finish high school out here so that's what i did and yeah it's been that, like that ever since it's crazy that's amazing do you get free free uh, entry to legoland then we did at the time yeah so <laughs> i mean legoland is like i don't know if you've been to the one in uh, england it's yeah geared towards the younger kids uh, you know yeah, but there's, yeah. there's something there's something for everybody you know there's the the miniature world where you see the like mini new york and mini london and all that and um, good food you know good entertainment uh but yeah it's definitely more of like a kid's place which is you know a drastic change from the thought park there's you no know, gangs of teenagers going around and kind of crazy london antics going on at the time but yeah it was a nice little change of pace for my dad i think he really enjoyed working there he hasn't he retired like two two or three years ago now so it's been a while but yeah he you really like that job, sure. Nice, nice. Um, so how old were you when you got your first sponsor? And I'm, I'm assuming if you were skating with Sam, you must have done quite a bit of uh, comps and demos together as well during that time. Yeah, we were traveling around pretty much together uh, the whole time. Uh, I think my first sponsor was this company called Greed. I don't know if you remember it at all. Uh, me and Sam kind of got hooked up at the same time. It was like one of those situations <laughs> where the guy was like, hey, like, I've got some boards and products in my car. You want to come back and get it? And I was like, ah, <laughs> really? Okay, sure. And then, you know, we went over and luckily it was legit and we got hooked up with some boards and swag. And I was like, oh, my first sponsor. Cool. Um, but that was not very long lived. It was just kind of like, you know, free stuff here and there. It was really much appreciated. But I think my first, what was my first sponsor? I think it was like Pig City. Uh, oh yes yeah yeah that's amazing yeah first board sponsor that was really cool andy scott and all that uh, and i was probably like yeah 12 11 12 something like that nice. those are good times nice and so from that from then on like how was the the progression within like the did you ever see yourself as like right i'm gonna be a professional skateboarder or was it just like a slow like stepping stone before you became like on the bigger sponsorships like Billabong and stuff? Yeah, I don't think I ever really tried to, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pro. It's more just kind of like, yeah, like you said, more of a, a slow pace. Uh, Billabong, that was really cool. And that kind of transferred out here as well. Like I was able to link up with uh, Rodney, Rodney Johnson, who actually passed away a few years ago, rest in peace. But he would kind of walk me through the warehouse out here pick up some swag it was really cool but yeah it was kind of like more of a a slow slow progression not not really thinking about it 
and then sort of winding up in these like big contests like oh shit how did i you know how did i get here do i belong here it's like shit um uh, yeah it's kind of like that easy slow progress and a lot of the, the uk stuff really helped with that like the uk third series and all the little contests there that really kind of like geared me up to like skating contests and just sort of like getting a whole feel for it and i, I actually really missed those uk vert series contests because they were just really like uh sort of inclusive to everybody you know you had the b team the a team and it was just a really good weekend of skating so yeah absolutely love the vert series i do love the vert series um it's just been such a like like it's funny whenever i used to go to the vert series it was ge generally when i was skating vert because i would be near i I'd just skate skate parks and so like you'd turn right. up to the vert series vert series and i'd be in b group and it's like I would literally be trying to remember all the tricks that I knew and then trying to learn tricks in the space of a day. <laughs> and I think a lot of people right. at the time didn't appreciate that. They thought I was always skating vert. So it was quite funny. And it was only until oh, right. I went to Peterborough, actually, that I started um, really... I, I was going along with Alex um, and we were just skating the uh, Corby ramp quite a lot. And that was when I managed to progress up into the A group um, that year because I was just right. skating vert so much. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's funny. Um, so... When you moved to Cali, how long was it before you met Hawk? And I assume, like, with the with the conversation about um, contests and stuff uh, and demos, uh, mm -hmm. I, have you done you've done a recent contest or or demo for for Hawk recently, haven't you? Uh, yeah, that was in September. Yeah, end of September. Um, his vert uh, alert, he calls it, is like an open invite. Uh, contest they do in Salt Lake. They've done it for the past two years, and that was probably one of the best, yeah, best contests of the year in the last few years. Maybe uh, really, That's really amazing. fun. Uh, it's one of the only open contests out here these days because it's like some of the other stuff is like invite only, and yeah, it's not very cool. But this is a really good event. Uh, good to see a lot of like younger kids from out like all over the world come out and skate it, and then. Yeah, just be with all the guys like Jimmy, Frenchie, and Mitchy, all those dudes. It's kind of throwing down and at the same time. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, this is uh, like our generation of people. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm even here witnessing this right now, skating in the contest at the same time. Like, it was, yeah, that was a crazy event, really fun contest. I think that's a good point that you bring up is, um, like, like I said about Ali Cairns and Gold Coast. Gold Coast, and I still don't know how they did it, but they allowed you know, the, the locals to come on. Actually, it was the mini ramp. They let, let the guys skate the mini ramp and then they had the vert. Uh, and that was when you got to meet the pros and skate with the pros. And that was huge for me when I was like 12, 13, to be able to skate with right. the pros and just be like, wow, like Ali Cairns and Pete King. And it's uh, it's definitely yeah, a, yeah. a NAS festival as well. I think NAS festival, generally speaking, you could, you know, get onto the vert ramp. I do remember being at a NAS festival with, with yourself as well around the same time. Um, and it was just, it's that, that ability to actually meet people and see how they're doing tricks and stuff instead of being at the sidelines, um, I think is super important. So that's going to be interesting, especially with the Olympics, um, like the, the yeah. inclusion of people who are just either coming up or wanting to learn about skateboarding. Um, that's actually a good, good uh, next question for you, which I hadn't written down. Um, did you ever think about or, or plan to enter the Olympics or was just that just not a part of your uh, scene with, with being... 2020 being in the Olympics because I did think that when I was seeing the team GB and stuff I was like oh, I wonder if Paul Luke's gonna end up there but I know that you're specifically more vert than than bowl and there's no vert in the in the Olympics so right yeah I think 
I kind of hurt myself a little bit, like with not taking like ball transition skating like seriously at all. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm a vert skater. Like I kind of didn't really try to put any effort in. And then I'm like, oh, maybe do I regret that? I'm not sure. But at the same time, you know, it's like vert is pretty much my my thing. It's what I enjoy. It's what like takes my stress away. You know, so. I did think about it at first. I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. But then I just didn't pay put any attention into it. And it's just, it's cool to see it growing right now. And it's, it's rad to see that Sam Beckett, he's a coach for the Team GB. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, I never really, yeah, I never really put any time into it. So I'm like, this is not, yeah, I'm not going to go into this like half-assed, you know? So yeah, that's kind of my answer. That, that makes sense. And yeah. like, with regards to like the progression into more professional skateboarding, I think, uh, especially with that year that I skated in Peterborough and I really wanted to progress into the A group in um, invert skateboarding in the UK, I noticed that like the more pressure I put on myself to become better, the less I enjoyed skateboarding. So how did you manage to deal with that as you, like, especially once you got to California, because I, I, I think that it's, it's a lot more serious in California and, and like, there's definitely a, I'm going to be professional, I'm going to make a career out of it. Uh, so it's more driven. So how did you, how does it stay like fun and stress-free, but also be like a, a career at the same time? Right. Uh, that's a really good question. I think at the time, like moving out here, there was just like a lot going on, like moving to a new country, uh, meeting all these new people, getting to escape every single day, all these new places. So at the time it was just like, everything was so much fun and I didn't have a lot, a lot of time to think about like stress and, you know, like, contest nerves so those are really really good years for me like entering those bigger contests and just kind of like going for it having fun i didn't really care too much about you know how i placed or you know too much about that stuff so as the years progressed i get more and more stressed out of contests and yeah it kind of got to a point where i was sabotaging myself uh, at these like bigger events and holding back uh, yeah that just really, I think maybe just came with age and just kind of getting more and more into my head. So I've had to work out, you know, work on that recently of like just sort of getting outside of my head a bit more and just relaxing and remembering like, oh, it used to be different, you know, like I yep. can still do this and have fun. You know, we're all just riding wooden toys. And I think that's how I kind of, yeah, get back into that zone and just have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. That's what I tell people when they're trying to learn a trick or trying to do something that's stressful. It's like, for me now, I think it was around around the time I was about 28, 29. I was like, hang on mm -hmm. a second. I need to make sure that number one, I'm having fun with skateboarding. And number two, I'm then trying to like progress a little bit. So yeah, that's super yeah. interesting. Um, the other one that, that we skipped over was how old were you when you met Tony Hawks? Oh yeah. Um, I was actually... Uh... 14 it was out here actually uh, we came out to do the amateur x games they had at the time uh, they just did an amateur vert competition which is really cool we got to skate on the same ramp you know pretty much skate with the pros as well like we were talking about earlier and uh i think he had seen me there maybe uh maybe he was commentating i'm not sure but he just kind of took me aside and was like hey you want to come and skate the ramp uh, how long are you in town for i'm like oh we're going home tomorrow and then uh, he's like, well, come by tomorrow before your flight and, you know, line up a session. So, we, you know, came down, uh, got to skate the ramp. 
which is amazing. I was like, this is insane. Perfect smooth run. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to leave. I had to catch the flight back to England that night. But that was the first time I ever met him. Uh, I don't know if he would like remember that, but I'd have to I'd have to ask him if he remembers that. But no, it was really cool because just like an open invite to the ramp. And then, you know, after that, moving out here, a few years later, kind of getting to escape with him a bit more. And yeah, get to do these demos and events. So yeah, it's really cool. No way. So you met him before you went out to California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's amazing. Uh, so my next question is, what what other hobbies do you have than skateboarding? Uh, other than skateboarding, I love to play music. Uh, I love playing the drums and just making music online. I really, really want to do more of that this year. That's kind of like my 2023 goal, I guess. Uh, do more of the music stuff. Um, then other than that, really, just that, working out, keeping in shape. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Music, skateboarding. Nice. Trying to develop, yeah. How old were you when you started playing the drums? It's, it's so funny. It's uh, two other things that I absolutely love. Is making, I make electronic music and um, I also started mm-hmm. playing, I mean, I started playing drums before I started making music. And um, I think I started playing drums when I was 15. So how old were you when you started playing the drums? Uh, I was about nine or 10. Uh, wow. So yeah, close to the time uh, that I started skating actually, or, you know, started taking skating more seriously. So it was around that time they kind of like intertwined. Uh, but yeah, I, I originally was just kind of banging on boxes as like a younger, younger kid. And my dad played piano at the time and he was, he's very musical. He plays piano, like guitar and drums. So there was always like music in the house. So I'd just be banging on these boxes while he was, you know, jamming on the piano. And that was kind of the start of that. But then, yeah, I was like nine or 10 where, you know, picked up a, a drum kit, uh, picked up some lessons and just kind of went from there. And yeah, it was like around the same time that goes hand in hand with, with skateboarding, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and there's something that I've learned there is uh, you started skating vert from a young age and played the drums, whereas I was late to both. <laughs> so that's probably why you're so uh, much better <laughs> at both. Uh, what, what programs What programs are used for making music? Uh, so I'm just using Logic, Logic Pro, whatever the latest version of that is. Um, just from stuff at home, just basic bare stuff. And I have a couple of synthesizers and drum machines. And then sometimes I'll you know record through microphones some like live percussion and stuff like that but very very basic stuff uh nothing top quality studio but it's kind of like all you need these days a laptop and you know a few plugins maybe if that like you can do it all with basically nothing so it's pretty cool yeah nice nice is there if you've got a soundcloud or anything that anyone could check out uh i do have a soundcloud yeah i think it's it's just under my name Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So I've uploaded a few tracks through there. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but yeah, that is my goal to kind of do more of that this year. And I'd love to, you know, collaborate with more people and just kind of explore that side of it, and also play in my band a lot more. So we haven't really played any gigs in a while, but it'd be it'd be great to get back out there and play some live some live shows because I think that's more fun for me than like you know the recording side of it. It's just playing live. It's a great feeling. Yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, I, I was going to go on to your to your band stuff. So, so before I'm I'm assuming that the stuff that like live gigs started fizzling out because of the pandemic. Were you doing a lot of like shows before? 
yeah so it was just kind of picking up a little bit before because uh we were like a relatively newer band um so we we're just starting to get some gigs and get a little bit of momentum and yeah it did fizzle out a bit like you said because of covid uh but also we were just like it's hard to get everyone together at the same time we all have jobs you know yeah uh, our lead singer a, a nurse our guitar players a x-ray technician and yeah we, we all have like crazy schedules so trying to line that up it's almost like skateboarding it's like uh you just do it for fun and it's kind of hard to to get everyone on the same schedule sometimes and yeah it'd be cool to like take it you know take it to the next level but at the same time it's like why you know if you're not able to like financially it doesn't make sense it's like just keep you know keep on doing it for fun and then maybe we'll get there but it's just it's so hard yes <laughs> it's kind of yeah. yeah they go hand in hand skateboarding music arts in general it's like you really want to just keep it fun but at the same time you know it'd be nice to get a little something out of it but you can't really expect anything these days it's, it's tough yeah definitely and i think that's something with like skateboarding and, and something we mentioned about the podcast uh previously is that with skateboarding you can just pick up a skateboard and then just go skateboarding and you don't have to rely on anyone you can skate on your own um and you can just yeah. get on with it whereas like with like band stuff i mean i came from football so like playing football you have to like make sure that you've got a team and they're turning up and that they're also as good as you or you're as good as them <laughs> so it's like so much easier right, to right. have a skateboard or a surfboard and you just can get on with it sort of thing and so, yeah, so it's what, your own world. exactly what drew you to skateboarding when you were nine or ten years old why skateboarding man that's really that's a good question too i think like the first image of skateboarding I can remember is like watching somebody just like ollie up a curb. It's something as simple as that. And I was like, man, that looks so cool. Like, I'd love to just be able to do that. And I think I was just, you know, we were driving. I just saw someone on the street doing that. That was the first time I saw a skateboard. I was like, wow, that looks incredible. It looks so much fun and so freeing. Not like a team sport or anything like you said, like we need a coach or anything like that. So that was uh that was that and then also the the tony hawk pro skateboarding games <laughs> was uh addicted to those growing up and i think a lot of people have that that same answer so yeah yeah a lot that's what definitely for tony hawks and the activision team that put that game together I, I was the same and the first time i saw skateboarding and wanted to get into it was on live and kicking do you remember live and kicking <laughs> no what was that oh that was it it was a kids tv program i think it was saturday morning oh. So I remember seeing okay. it and literally the guy was just Ollie and I was like, like it was just mind blowing to me as a kid. I was like, he's just gone up something on something. I was just like, that's insane. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was all of that. Just like seeing people do it so effort effortlessly and, you know, the style at the time, the, the clothes that people were wearing. I was like, oh, that looks cool. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Definitely. And that's something I think that uh, you could say about yours and Sam's like ability on vert is it just looks effortless and then when you try and have a go try and get out the coping at least for me it's like so difficult and i think that's the other thing is like seeing you at norway last year the like the level that you're skating at and the ability to make it look like you're not trying is is actually insane and like such a such a skill oh man thank you i appreciate that that means a lot <laughs> um so you said earlier about uh like that you're in your band member band members was a nurse um did, what what do you do now for 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 work? I, I take it you're not just skateboarding. No, no. I mean, it's been that way for a while now. Uh, 
I've been working a couple of couple of part-time jobs for the last maybe five six years. Um, so I'm a, a farmer at a nonprofit organization, and so basically my role is to uh, harvest or seed, grow, and harvest uh, microgreens. And microgreens are the smallest kind of like herb uh, development of a, an actual full-grown vegetable. So you can get like carrot microgreens, for example, which is like very leafy, leafy small greens that taste exactly like a carrot or onion or coriander. It's basically micro herbs. So I'm growing those in the greenhouses and then harvesting them and then packaging them up and delivering them to local restaurants in San Diego. Wow. So it's actually kind of a fun job for me because it's more active than just like a regular desk job. Get to be on your feet. I'm, you know, dealing with soil, plants, herbs, everything. It's like kind of a relaxing, a relaxing job. And then going to talk to the chefs, seeing what they want. And then it's kind of like rewarding when I see them, oh, you know, stoked on this green for this particular dish and they want more of it, it's, it's really cool. So I have a very good, uh, flexible boss and people that I work with. So it's a cool job. And then other than that, uh, just started buying about a year ago for a local shop in Oceanside called Surfride. And they're like a family owned uh, surf shop, but they have a skate shop in one of their locations. So I'm buying all the, the shoes, the hard goods, uh, apparel and stuff like that for their skate shop. So oh, it's too pretty uh, flexible jobs that allow me to still get out and skate. Um, I don't know how long I can keep doing that for, but I'm kind of going to probably going to go back to school uh, to focus on something else and gonna start again in, I think, two weeks. So okay. we'll see how that goes because I've been like very, very slow at that. Um, sort of got like an associate's degree and then I'm, I'm, my goal is to get a bachelor's degree to maybe open up a few more doors and like kind of keep my doors open keep interests alive so because you know I, i've kind of given it up gone back given it up gone back uh, but i do want to see if i can find something that like draws me in more because i know there's more that i can do but i just don't know what it is yet just kind of experimenting but for now yeah those two gigs uh, help supplement any other skate event that comes up so because there's nothing really going on right now so it's few and far between what did you what were you studying or what are you going to study so I was doing uh, more along the lines of like kinesiology, so like physical therapy, uh, nutrition, things in that realm. So I have a good uh, head start on that. So that's, I think, what I will be sort of finishing up. But yeah, every time I kind of take a little break, go back to it, take a little break, I like lose interest. And I'm like, is this really what I want to do? So I want to just try and maybe do something completely different. I'm not sure. I mean, that's a good problem to have. Like, I have options, I guess. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And have you have you always been into gardening? Like, or, or like no, that's pets? a funny thing. I've never, never ever been into gardening at all, and had zero experience, no green thumb. So it was just a random thing I found online. Actually, no, my my mum found it for me. She's like, "Hey, you're not doing enough right now. You can't get a job." So she sent me this link. Um, to the yeah to that little job description and i was like well this sounds pretty interesting actually it was called urban farmer like what is an urban farmer like that sounds cool and uh yeah so i just went for the interview and then just worked out and seemed like a a good fit amazing that's so good that's so good and uh how often how often with like work life do you manage to skate every week 
Um, so that's a good one too. Like I could, if I wanted to, I could probably skate every day, especially being out here, apart from these crazy storms we've had the last couple of weeks, which is insane. Uh, the weather's generally good all year round. So I could go out to a, a skate park because there's plenty of skate parks in the area. Um, but sometimes after work, I'm just like, oh, just want to go relax. But uh, I usually skate vert around like two, once or twice a week. Um, but it's hard these days because the sessions typically ha typically happen earlier in the day when I'm at work and most people are at work. So it's like Jimmy and uh, Shay and all those guys. They, I don't know if they know something that I don't, but they're skating in a day. And then I usually miss those sessions. So I get to the ramp at like two or three and like, ugh, might be on my own, might be with somebody. So yeah, it's where, kind of like hit or miss. Whereabouts do you, uh, dare I use an American term, but whereabouts do you reside? Uh, I live in Vista, which is North okay. County, uh, San Diego. Yeah, so it's about 40 minutes from like downtown San Diego. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Uh, I've got a feeling that we're going to cut out any second, but my final question that I had down, which I think will be a nice thing to, to end on, is you tried to start your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of nuts. Uh, I think it was because of like the whole COVID, like people figuring out what they want to do type of thing. You know, oh, I should try this, try that. Uh, I was like, oh, I want to start a podcast. It sounds cool. Like I was really into podcasts and listening to a lot at the time. And I think I just wasn't in the right, maybe wasn't ready for it. Uh, but it was cool. I started, I did like three, I think. And I learned, you know, the whole process of figuring things out making questions and kind of figuring out a little bit of a schedule for it uh, or just doing it on the fly. Uh, but yeah, I would like to do it again at some point when I'm ready again. <laughs> like I, I'm stoked that you started one. I'm stoked to hear that you're starting one because it seems like such like in your realm, like a skate wine podcast. It oh, thank you. makes a lot yeah. of sense. It's, it's so, more so much more difficult than I was expecting it to be. Like for, for the level that I want it's it to really be. really hard. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. And it's like, I also wanted to stay in touch with like, well, I mean, you're not part, part you're in California, but like stay in touch with the UK scene. Uh, I've got a couple of, mm. well, I've messaged about 10 people. So I'm hoping to do about 10. Um, and they're not just UK based. I've, I've asked a couple of people in, in different countries to do it as well. Uh, uh, Sean Goff is one of them. I'm hoping to catch him before he does, goes out to Ooh. Australia for Bolzilla. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that wraps it up quite nicely. Um, I, I, thanks for your time. I hope this has come out. Like, I'm going to have to check through and let you know. And then if it doesn't, I apologize. Okay. But, but the sound checks we did, no, all good. But I have so much respect now for people who do podcasts because it is not just recording your voice. It's like, especially when you want to do recorded, like a video podcast, it's a different realm. Mm. So I'm hoping to get this up on, on my skate wine. Um, yeah, hopefully to get, get an interview with Sean. Lizzie said she'd be... Up. Lizzie and yourself were the two people who got straight back to me, which I was not expecting at all. And literally, you were like, this week, now? Next, like, on Wednesday? On Tuesday? And unfortunately, I've had to postpone Lizzie's because I just didn't want to have the chaos of not knowing. I, on Sunday night, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And she wanted to do it yesterday. Mm. And I was like, I'm not... Yeah. Like last, I, last night, I had to prep. Like, I, didn't even, I wasn't even ready for, for interviewing anyone yesterday. So, yeah, your, your drive in getting it, getting it done and having an interview is also, like, a reflection of how great you both are at skateboarding. So yeah, Lizzie, I'm hoping to get, I don't know whether you've heard of Flatspot Magazine, but I'm hoping to get the, one of the guys from Flatspot Magazine on. Um, he also runs his own okay. podcast in the Netherlands, but it's in Dutch. So 
Um, I, I, oh, okay. I tuned into it, but obviously I don't know Dutch. I, I barely know English, so I, I couldn't really, um, yeah, I couldn't really understand. But You're he does... to help you translate. <laughs> he literally, I messaged him, I was like, could you be on my podcast? And he was literally giving me so much advice. He was like, guess you're getting on, let people know on social media. And I was like, I didn't think of that. And I was like, how much are you charging for this? For this uh, what do you call it? Like a flipping management position that you're giving me. So yeah, <laughs> really good. But I'm hoping this comes out all right. And thanks ever so much for your patience, Paul. And I think we'll, we'll leave it there. Oh, thank I'll, you. I'll just conjole these together on uh, DaVinci Resolve and hopefully it's come out all good from, from, from a random room no, in Mexico. No, I, mean, I, I know the feeling like you just want to get started and, you know, get it going on. So I'm stoked to hopefully help out a little bit and thanks for having me as the, the first guest <laughs> i hope to uh, come out over to mexico soon it's been a long time coming but i need to go a... out to see my brother he's in uh, guadalajara so i've got to like make a little pit stop <laughs> definitely it's such a great place and there's a really sick vert ramp they've got in mexico city which is huge i think it's an x uh is it g oh, ramps is it fishbone? Fishbone, right? yes yes so yes cool. yeah yeah yeah, I've skated it a couple of times, but it's massive. It's it's like Mount Hawk. It's it's humongous. I think it must be about fourteen foot, and there's not there's not very much flat bottom either. So it's like you, you land okay. something, and you've really got to land it, otherwise you're like straight up the other side. So right. definitely, if you're in Mexico City between now and April, we'll go and skate it because it's it is a great vert ramp. Pontus was just absolutely smashing it. He came here randomly. So strange to be in Mexico City with Pontus uh, in in Mexico City in a vert ramp. It was like the, so surreal. Yeah. Uh, I was just doing like follow lines and stuff with Pontus. But yeah, definitely come out to Mexico City because Fishbone's sick. And like the guys there that run it are doing such a good job. Right. Yeah, I look forward to that. <laughs> really cool. Brilliant. Right. I'll leave you there. Thanks ever so much, Paul. Cheers. Take it Have easy. Have a good one. Cheers, Simon. Wow, so that was Paul Lucron Shetty. Thanks ever so much for my first interview, my first podcast. A couple of things I'd like to iron out. His name, I know. Any graphic designers are going to be annoyed it wasn't center. It was slightly off center. I don't know if you can center things on OBS, unfortunately. But for a first attempt, as long as the sound has come out all right, I'm happy with that. So, yeah, got Sean Goff coming up. Hopefully, Lizzie Armento. If you've got any questions for those two, let me know. Uh, and there's a few others on the old list. So, thanks for listening. And... See you next time, or listen next time. Who you guys working for? Who is this? It's uh, Skate Wine. Oh, beautiful. Did you say Skate Wine? Yeah. Yes, sir.